name is Gunner. I play in a local Austin band called The Big Gun Show. I created this podcast to sit down with other songwriters, musicians, artists, and lovers of music to talk about their top five records that have inspired their lives and musical prowess. Today, I'm talking to Paige DeJossi, and we had a killer conversation about her top five records that she would take with her to the edge of the world. Paige plays in a band called The Reverent Few. I love her voice and her music. It's super soulful. It came out with a new record right around the time that COVID came crashing down on us. She brought me a copy. I was able to listen to it. It's, it's a good one. It's called Ain't No Place to Be, so do yourself a favor. Go get the vinyl. You'll like it. Let's get to the conversation, but first, close your eyes. You were stranded on a desert island. What five records do you have? Paige, the Chaucey. What's up, Gunter? Okay, I got something to say. Now, we know that Nick has been on this one, and I know how to say his name now, you know, uh-huh. Betcher, because he told me, Betcher ass. That's right. You, what is it with you guys and your, your, your hard-to-pronounce names? I don't know. I don't know. Is it a Chicago thing? Maybe it's a Chicago thing. We both had uh, our names in our band names. Like, he was, he had a Nick Betcher band. I had a Paige DeChaucey band. And then people botched it festival after festival. I was like, damn it, that's it. We're changing the name. Right. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. You did good. <laughs> I got lucky. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm thrilled and stoked to talk about your top five records. I'm excited. And we talked before this, and I'm really excited that you actually went out and listened to them again because I think, think that really helps our conversation. Yeah. So um, I'm going to go ahead and pull out um, the uh, – I'm taking – all right, so here are the five albums that you chose. Uh, Little Broken Hearts by Nora Jones, Grace Potter and the Nocturnals, John Prine, John Prine, Raising Sand, Robert Plant, and Alison Krauss. Awesome. Gillian mm-hmm. Welsh. Gillian. Uh, Gillian. Mm-hmm. The Harrow and the Harvest. Yeah. Now, Nora Jones has been picked by um, Ruby Dice. Oh, really? Yeah, but she chose... That same album? Nope, nope, oh. She chose... Um, she chose Come Away With Me or whatever that album is. The early one, yeah. yeah. the first one. And so you know, let's go ahead and start talking about this. So this one was in 2012. Yep. It was her fifth studio album. Mm-hmm. And it was produced by Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse, that's right. Right. And I thought that was pretty cool. And this is just so different. Such a departure. It's that, one of the reasons I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know that... Um, it was like in 2009, Danger Mouse and Nord Jones like started jamming. Mm-hmm. Two years later, they both had different albums come out. Um, she was in she, one of her albums was the Little Willies. That's right. I love the Little Willies. I, I've never listened to them. No. You know, I, I, I need to though. This is the best thing about this podcast is now I, I, I sit here on Spotify, I listen yeah. to them. I, I favorite them also. Now I have this like arsenal of of awesome music. Yeah, and she's got the girl group. Yeah. Um, I can't think of that. Puss in, Puss in Boots. Puss, yeah. So Catherine Popper used to play bass in Grace Potter's band. Really? And it's her and Sasha Dobson, I believe. Yeah, a little hot little trio right there. Heck yeah, mm-hmm. I like hot trios. Yeah. But I also read that um, she was sitting in Danger Mouse's studio, and uh, she kept on looking at this one poster, and it was from a movie. And yeah. that's that was like that. And I went and looked at them and compared the two of them, and I was just like, oh, look at that. That's Isn't awesome. that cool? Yeah, that's super cool. So talk to me, talk to me. Why this so, album? So this is a, a breakup record. I know. And I had a breakup, a big, like a damn near divorce. And I found this record. I don't even know how I found it. 
and every single song like it just reminds me of these really cold winter mornings when I'd walk out to my car and I was kind of leaving this other life behind and there was this comforting thing about it um and honestly uh, the song she's 22 on there is one of the first songs I learned right. how to play and sing on okay. guitar I still haven't played it live for anybody but I will soon maybe but today it's a, oh, I don't know about that but <laughs> <laughs> um but there's so many songs on this record that resonate. So yeah, it's it, it, it's so different. Um, like "Take Me Back," you know, all those. The I just I love the the trackings uh, of that song. That's like the kind of fuzzy guitars. Yeah, yeah. The mood is is so different than any of her other. It's like she could be this soft, delicate piano player, but I feel like this is more kind of indie. And the songwriting is incredible. Um, I read an article in Rolling Stone when they talked about it. In the, they basically said something, I'm paraphrasing this, something along the lines of, of, you know, people say that, you know, she's kind of mellow, but that's kind of like calling a peach juicy. Yeah. There's that, you know, that's that's just what she does. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so this album, it was her fifth album to reach the top three on Billboard. Dang. Uh, it's the, the second album of her five albums to not debut on the top. One really? of two. I mean, yeah. Two of five did not debut on the, the very top. Huh. And um, so. I kind of like that, though. It's like a it's like a secret. I know uh -huh. a lot of people that don't know anything about this record. I had no idea about it. Yeah. I had zero, zero thoughts about did it. Did you listen to the song Miriam? Uh, yes. Of course wow. I did. I mean, she wants to kill her. Isn't that? You know? Like, what did this chick do? What, what, did, what did this guy do to mess around on her? I like, think I even wrote down a... Um, I might have written down a lyric. Happy pills, I loved. Mm -hmm. With with you gone, I'm alive. Yep. Uh, makes me feel like I took little happy pills. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps right here. Yeah, it's great. And then all a dream that slashy guitar. Mm -hmm. You know, and it felt so like, especially in that first solo, it felt like so like deserty. You know, mm -hmm. and just like it was kind of that that, that like reverbed guitar. Yes. Out, it was just awesome. Did so, she play guitar on this? I don't yes, remember. Okay. She played guitar on it and then she pretty much co wrote Blake Mills. Yes. Yes. That's exactly who the person oh, was. Love Blake Mills. Uh, I do too now. Yeah. I don't know who was playing what, but I know she was playing electric guitar and so was he. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Okay. So talk to me. What else? I know it's a breakup album. I get that. Yeah. And so that was, and this is really cool because I, I love the fact that everybody's going to choose their top five albums or, or their top five records depending on how they came across them. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, sometimes like I know that mine are like, I, sometimes I, I, I can smell something mm -hmm. or, and it reminds me of, of a certain time. And that's why it's really special to me. Yeah. There's definitely like a nostalgic um, kind of sensation when you listen to songs or something comforting about the things that are familiar. Mm-hmm. I think what I found so comforting was was such a departure for her sonically, and there was so so many different moods, and I didn't know what to expect, uh, you know, on the next track coming up. I had no, I had no expectations, and um, sometimes I feel like you start a record and you kind of go like, oh, this is like, this is the vibe, you know, kind of hangs in one spot, or maybe they kind of hang around this particular key, and there were so many little nuances that I loved, and the songwriting is what always gets me. Yeah, for um, sure. And the way that her voice floated in a, in a different way, like it was kind of far off in a, in another room, um, yeah, no no doubt. And so you and I are both songwriters, so you know we have this love of craft. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that you chose was pretty much all albums where the people wrote their own songs. Yes, uh, except for Robert Plant and Alice yeah. Frost. 
that's like a full cover. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I appreciate that. You know, when a lot of people will come in here and the, the, it's it's more of an artist than it is a songwriter. Yeah. And so it, it resonates with me too. Yeah. I always And I always look to see who produced the album. Because like for this one, Danger Mouse produced it. And that is a big reason why it sounds the way it does. Yeah. He did the Black Keys before this one, I believe. He did. Yeah. Yeah, he was part of Gnarls Barkley. Yeah, I never, I never saw Nora and him, you know, partnering up. I think that's why it's such a cool surprise. Yeah, well, you never saw her um, with Billy Joe Armstrong either. No, and that was a great record. Yeah, another good one. I haven't listened to. That oh, one yet. I've listened to. I love listen to some tracks because I, I, I really did go on Green Day. Sad song on there. Are you a sad song girl? Or I a, love a happy sad song? songs. I love sad songs. If I'm happy, like I always tell people, if I'm not tortured, if I'm not fucked up about something, I have nothing to say. Fuck me up, and I will write. There but you if, go. But if I'm like comfortable and you know cozy, it's like. Mm. So what did Marjorie do to you? You know, Marjorie is a fun. <laughs> Marjorie didn't fuck me up. Um, it's a great but song. It yeah, but but she could right. But it was kind of a culmination of uh, different versions of Marjorie. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like doing that too. Yeah. You know? Like and sometimes, some nights I'll feel kind of, you know, fucked up about something and I'll present it a certain way, like, oh, this is my mood. And then other times it's like, nah, she's just that yeah. crazy friend, you know, go drinking with. I got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I'm that crazy friend too. That yeah, you are. With that with tequila. I, I drink a lot of tequila <laughs> because I love it. Well, you're uh, not far from home, so. No, I'm not. So you're good. No, I'm not. You're good. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I do. I, I really dig on um, Nora Jones. I just. I said this when I was talking to Ruby Dice. I said, I heard like three songs off this album. I stopped what I was doing. I went to Amazon. I ordered the CD and I delivered it to my mom. Oh, how sweet. Because I was like, she's going to love this. Yeah. And Did you do the same for this? Um, for this album? Uh-huh. No, I didn't. I, no, she wouldn't. My mom wouldn't dig this I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if your mother would, would dig no, this particular this is, one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes, it's that yes. super smooth. There was another album. I cannot remember the name of the woman. I, was, I heard it and I was like, Order, mom. Yep. This is for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My mother loved Nora Jones too. Early records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. But I mean, she's great. I mean, she's so talented. She's classic. I've watched her her live streams, and she just she'll be guitar, piano, and she's just. I mean, her voice is just like melts me. Yeah, it's effortless. It's like breathy, but supported. And um, actually, uh, Amanda Ruby Dice and I we saw she bought me tickets for my birthday or Christmas to see Nora Jones at Stubbs years ago. It was so freaking awesome. sweet. You know, you know what I wanted though. I wanted to be in a theater, in a quiet theater with the ambiance. Exactly, even maybe cozier, because she's so intimate, and she doesn't. You know, like she Cactus doesn't, Cafe or something like that. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't. Beautiful she doesn't boy. put on a show. She but she delivers the song like the way that it needs to be, which I really like and I appreciate. But I was like, dang, I really want to hear this inside a room. Yeah. So that would be that would be killer. Yeah. Absolutely killer. Um. So yeah, love her and, and and she's freaking sexy. She is. She's like natural and just she. I, what I love about her is she never tries too hard when it comes to her songwriting, her singing, her presence. She just kind of is, and there's something that's you can't capture that in a lot of people. Yeah, you know, definitely. Okay, I want to talk about Jillian Welch. Mm-hmm. Gillian. Uh, da, Everybody do it does it. Do, do it again. Everybody does it. Gillian Welch and David Rawlings. Yes. Yes, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one of the things I loved about this one was that 
no drums, no bass, just two guitars and two vocals. Yes. And do you know that they this record was really spontaneous. It took a big departure from, like, she hadn't had a record in, like, eight years, I think. Uh-huh. That's right. And there were so many things that her and David did on the fly. And it is it is crazy that it's just two guitars and it feels so full because of the dissonance in their harmonies. The harmonies and are awesome. They're, they're incredible. And his is, like, so faint and sort of hidden that you really have to kind of listen to find it. Um, yeah, I discovered them through Grace Potter, I think. There you go. And uh, on YouTube, you know, back in like 2011. Yeah, well, this was released in 2011. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, was nominated for Grammy Folk Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, when she said, she actually talked about it someplace, saying that, you know, I haven't released an album in eight years. I just, I didn't like anything enough to put it out. I respect that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you feel this pressure as a songwriter, like, especially nowadays, I gotta generate, I gotta generate, I gotta keep people interested and post on Instagram, and kudos to her. Yeah, you know, she just she just waited. Yeah. But her collaboration with Dave Rawlings is just, I mean, number one, that guy's He's incredibly insane. talented. He's one of my favorite guitar players. I, to, I just don't hear music that way, and I think that's why it's, it's so appealing. Like, I just, I don't hear that dissonance in my own head. I wouldn't think to sing that note or like, where is that? Like, what note is that? It's like in between the things. Yeah, I was trying know? to figure out what she would look like when she was singing it. You know, just because sometimes the way that she sings and the, and, and the tones that she does, if if I, because I know when I when I go after a note, my, my face gets all weird. Oh, mine too. <laughs> I make really ugly singing faces. She does not. She barely opens her mouth. Have you ever seen a video? Uh-uh, I didn't have a chance to. Oh, yeah. Um, I also like the fact that it's mostly first and second takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, and that's kind of what, like, we're going in the studio Ooh. in August. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're going to press it on vinyl. Yeah. It's going to be called Honky <sighs> Rock. First side, flip it down. It's going to be Honky Tonk. Flip it over. It's rock and roll. I saw your little set list there. Okay, cool, man. Yes, I love it. that. Yeah, and so I've got the whole artwork planned out where, you know, it's like you it's gonna be honky here. You have to, and then rock down here. But to read it, you have to turn it over. I love that. 180 degrees. Just, just like the old days, that album Same artwork is everything. Exactly. Now I just need a good graphic designer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we've got way more rock song. I mean, we're a rock and roll band. Totally. But we've been playing Jenny's for so long that it's, it's kind of. I mean, we have a honky, and I write a bunch of honky tonk songs too. You yeah. Know? Um, I love that. Yeah. My new, my new favorite honky tonk song is called uh, "Take the L Out of Lover" and it's over. Oh. You like that? Yes, I have to hear this. <laughs> I'll, is... I'll play it for you after this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, awesome. It's a fun one. Um, so, yeah, let's see here. Um, what else? Well, so you said you, you got turned on to this by l- watching a Grace Potter video? I heard Grace Potter cover a, a, a Gillian Welsh tune, and I was like, this is one thing I love about newer artists because they send me down a rabbit hole, and I go back to the original artist, and then. I mm-hmm. go back records and like, what is this? Um, and Nick and I had just met and I was trying to think about the kind of band that I wanted, you know? Yeah. And I didn't know that Nick sang. I didn't, I didn't see my band like, you know, female, male kind of fronting. Right. I'd never been good at singing harmonies. This record taught me how to sing harmonies. Good. This good. record and, and, and another one we'll talk about. Um, and so I would play this just on repeat constantly and just sing those harmonies even I'd find harmonies that weren't on there and sing my you know sing the third or whatever right um and that was it 
it was really good homework. I'm terrible at it. I'm I'm awful. I'm. I mean, I'm a singer, and I'm just like. Mm-hmm, yeah, somebody, you guys do the, you guys do the harmonies, but you know, yeah. I, I, I mean, I love like the harmonies of of this. Um, kind of a little bit remind me of of Keith Richards harmonies, in the sense because yeah. like you, you don't always hear them, but you're like uh, when you actually really listen to it, you're like. Uh-huh. That's Keith, and it, it's just like so natural the way he does it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how how well they blend together, like tonally, um, their phrasing, and to think that that this record is first and second cuts, and like actually just not playing or writing songs for a while, and you go like, "That's your first take." Like, I mean, right. how do you how do you follow that? You it's, know what I mean? It's it's crazy. It's it's nuts. And so like I I I have so much appreciation for stuff like that. And yeah. And it's a record too, like for me, that's bathed in nostalgia, um, just like little lines that that pop up in songs just, just kill me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the whole record through and through. It just, I always listen to it in the fall. It reminds me of like this, huh. you know. I come from the Midwest, and it's like when the corn gets really tall, and there's this like kind of golden hour, and mm-hmm. um, there's kind of like dust in the air, and it's starting to cool off a little bit. And you're wearing your flannel shirt, and it's like it's the perfect record. It's like Midwest it's like, romance. Like Neil Young's Harvest Moon. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. I almost put that one on this list. I, I love oh, so torn. that album. I freaking God, it's love so that good. Album. I was just listening to it the other day. I was cooking. It's it's so good. Yeah. Uh, I used to I used to do a lot of chili cookoffs. Oh, really? This was like probably 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And um, I would always take my PA system out there, and that was the, always the first album. Actually, yeah. it was the it was the first one. Then after that would be "Let It Bleed" by the Stones. That was, oh, yeah. I, that was just kind of like I had to can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I definitely have an understanding of what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. And I, but you know what? I've never had anybody say that to me. Like it reminds me of a season. Yeah, I miss the seasons. Um, when you grow up in a place where you have four seasons, mm-hmm. there's like this. It's like turning of a leaf where you're like you're ready for that change, and you go back to school, and the air is crisp and. Um, I don't know. It reminds you uh, to try something new, or that uh, change is coming. You know, I, I don't know how to describe the sentiment. But when you're in a place where it's sunny all the time, it's great. But it gets a little like monotonous, you know. And when those seasons kind of come, um, the certain smells and sounds I associate with those things, and that's definitely that, one of those records. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I I definitely understand what you're saying when you. Uh I mean, when you say Harvest Moon, because that's that is totally a fucking fall album. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Lo- loved it. Thank you for turning me on to this because I, I, yeah. I definitely I dig it. And now, the the thing that sucks about me is that now I I have to listen to all this other music right to, for this podcast. So you don't get to go back. And, I, don't, I don't get to go back and, and like study it and do it as much as I'd like to. Yeah, uh, and then check uh, out her her one before this, uh, Revelator. Revelator. Um, okay. We we put a song on our record. Uh, we did a cover song on our our new record uh, called Elvis Presley Blues, and it's one of my favorite songs. Um, but it's on that that record, Revelator. That record is incredible. It was kind of hard to pick between the two, but I've spent more time with the Harrow and the Harvest. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I definitely want to check it out. I yeah. definitely do. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I you know, and the thing is, I mean, so simple, so much space, so I mean, perfectly done guitars. It's it's so Americana. Yeah, you know, it's just it's like basic Americana. Yeah, it's like it's like I you know T Bone Burnett's just like walking around the room burning sage, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. 
Um, and if you if you like Gillian and David, did he should, produce this? He did not produce this. I know. Okay. Yeah. He did. He did one of the yeah. other ones. I really like T Bone. I do um, too. There's a documentary called Another Day, Another Time, and it's a spinoff of that that movie um, with Oscar Isaac about that folk singer. It's now escaping okay. me. Uh, inside Lewin, oh. un- inside Lewin Davis, and they did a little spinoff of the soundtrack. And T Bone Burnett put this show on, and it was you know back to the way that we used to sing around one mic. And so it was uh, you know Chris Thiele and the Punch Brothers and the Milk mm-hmm. Carton Kids. And I don't know if you've heard of them, but yeah, if, I've heard of them. I've, I've never listened to them though. The the one guy he he wants to be David Rawlings, and it's okay because he's okay. he's great. But <laughs> Gillian and David are there. Jack White, uh, Joan I Baez. I don't know who he is. I mean, Just you know, um, but there's so many, the Secret Sisters, uh, there's so many great Americana artists. I can't, that, I don't get them yet. The Secret Sisters. I don't get it. I don't I get almost, it. I'm sorry. I almost put their new record on my list. To me, they're, they're like a new female version of the Everly Brothers. Okay. Um, and, and I say this always, you have to hear or see an artist live, I feel like, to agree- really understand it. And then it leads you back to the album. Agreed. I'll send you something. Uh, please, please, I will. I, I, I promise I'll check it out. Yeah. I'm, and I try to because, like, I don't understand Joan Baez. I don't understand. Um, Joni Mitchell? No. I, I Took don't. me a while. And I, I'm trying. Patrice picked that out, the, the whatever Don Juan. Blue. And I, I tried. And I was like, I just, I, I don't get it. She is an acquired taste, like a lot of songwriters, like Tom Waits. But oh, it's the way she paints with words. And two, I, I downloaded Blue years ago when one of my dear friends um, who played with John Prine uh, was like, okay, you're going to be a serious songwriter someday. You have to know this record. And I was like, I don't get it. I was like 22 and just didn't resonate. And then one day, I don't know, 27, 28, just hit me. And I was like, I'd never think to sing like that. I'd never think to say something like that. That's amazing. How do I do that? Like things that I wouldn't... Yeah. Like on my list, I didn't pick any soul records, you'll notice, which is crazy I because... I inherently sing from a a place of soul, I guess. But you do. Um, you do. But I but I love songs. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a song, you don't have a band. Yeah, you don't have anything. You don't. I mean, if you have nothing to say, what are you going to sing? You know, <laughs> <laughs> the alphabet. Yeah. I yeah. mean, A B C. We got lullabies. We need something new. Uh, yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. John Prine. God love John Prine. Yes. And Ugh. you know it sucks. This whole COVID shit is driving me up the wall. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, and he died from it. He did. Uh, yeah, I, I cried my eyes out for days. I didn't sleep for days. I was so upset by that. I've never been moved in that kind of way by someone's death, but his songs had such an impact and this strange kind of correlation to him. So it hit me hard. Yeah, my friend, yeah. you know Rosie Flores? Yeah. So she's a good friend of mine, and um, she used to hang out. She's hung out with him. She mm-hmm. actually was writing a song with him that John, um, John, um, James McMurtry mm-hmm. heard them when he was up, and they were in the room. They were writing that song, and then all of a sudden he goes, "Hey, do you mind if I? Wow! If I try to take it, take a run at it because she yeah. she couldn't find the cassette tape that they had, and so he took a run at it and he, he released it on something. So oh, that's so special. Yeah. Wow. And then you know, I mean, John Prine. I mean, I just I love. Like so, I've I've been reading a lot, a lot of autobiography mm-hmm. musics or, or just just music biographies, but I love the autobiographies most. 
I read uh, probably about a year ago the World Armadillo Headquarters mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Eddie Hinton, who was the main guy. Right. Eddie Hinton, the singer? Um, um, what, what's the soul singer? No, no, no. Okay, I was going to say, I love him. It's the guy that, no, no, that's the drive-by truckers guy. That, oh, okay. Um, but it's, I forget his name. Okay. Uh, but he's, it mentions um, John Prine being there and playing there and doing mm-hmm. that stuff. So, you know, it's just like the stories that I read and all this other stuff. He, he he was so cool and like he had that mustache when he was skinny and young. And He's a magical man. Chicago. Maywood, Illinois. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh Boy Records. Yeah, I just ordered my dad some John Prine socks from Oh Boy Records. Nice. <laughs> they were so cute. He was very excited for Father's Day to get those. Um, yeah, John Prine's a, he's a Midwest hero of mine. Like, those songs. So here's the thing about that record. I didn't really know the record in its entirety. It's his debut record. Uh-huh. It is. But I've heard those songs outside, not necessarily in that collective, you know, composition and they've all resonated with me at different times in my life. And so when I looked back at his records, I was like, well, of course, that that's the record. But to think that like all his hits that I think of yeah. are on his debut record. And he never really recorded, you know, he's writing and playing with Steve Goodman and those guys. Mm-hmm. And all his songs were kind of in the same key. And yeah. but his the the painting of, of the stories and you know, I first heard Angel from Montgomery via Susan Tedeschi. Again, another right. artist that kind of took me back. And that's how I discovered John Prine. Got it. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. Yeah, I've been singing that song with my wife for as Angel long from as Montgomery? Yeah, yeah, she loves that song. Everybody does. I mean, who doesn't, right? I mean, everybody relates to that middle-aged woman looking out your kitchen window like, yeah. is it worth it? Do I go? Like, you know, every, you, know, you kind of have like that. There's that line. Um uh, buzz in the kitchen. Mm-hmm, yeah. I can hear him buzz. <laughs> yeah, ain't done nothing since <laughs> I woke up today. Like, how the hell can someone go to work in the morning, come home, and even with nothing to say? I was, I was practically married to a really quiet man for a lot of years, and every time I'd sing that line, man, I could just fucking cry. Yeah, just like, dang, that's it's just so true. It's so poignant and uh, simple. Yeah, and I mean, I just love how he is able to take a very simple song and make it quirky but very deep at the same time mm-hmm yeah he had that way I, I you know even songs like um uh the blow up your TV yeah you know uh-huh. the Spanish pipe dream yeah I'm like man that's such a there's such a lesson in that advice yeah and I mean this this album was clearly very um rebelistic if you will yeah you know what I'm saying just like like fighting for for rights and stuff like that. And, you know, this was right in the Vietnam era. Absolutely. Same year I was born, by the way. No way. Yeah. <gasps> I was oh. born in 71. Very beginning of 71. It's a good year. Yeah, that's uh... the best year because well, yeah. just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. So, but. Uh, Did you have a favorite song other than Angel from Montgomery? Um, I really like the first one Illegal Smile. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, that's like epic. It's, it's like, like legendary. Bowl of Oatmeal Stare Me Down. Yeah. <laughs> and one. It's, um, it's, uh, he's just, I mean, he, he's the kind of guy that, you know, I have some songwriting heroes. One of them is J.J. Kale. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say Chris Christopherson, but I still don't fully get it. I still don't get Towns Van Zandt. I still don't get Guy Clark. And I've tried. There's a couple of Guy Clark songs, but they've never been, those artists have never really hit me home. Me neither. I don't know. Me neither. But like, I, Love the hell out of Todd Snyder's songwriting. Mm-hmm. I think he's brilliant. Um, I need to dig into him. 
Oh, and he's freaking hilarious. Is it? Yeah. He, he's so funny, dude. He is like, um, I'll, I'll send you the album you need to listen to okay. that, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, John Prine is one of those guys, to me, that I look up to as a songwriter. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, songwriters of songwriters, like, to see the tributes the day that he died, like, I oh. mean, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody, like, he was everybody's hero, and he was so unassuming, had no interest in being famous or anything like that. Um, I played with uh, this guy, uh, Pickles, we'll call him, Tom Pikarski. He played bass with okay. Prine for years okay. after that first record. Um, he, I don't think he was on a record, but he toured with him. And I met him in a cover band I played with in Chicago, and we toured down to Texas. And he, this 60-some-year-old man became my best friend. Nice. And he... Um, told me so many wonderful stories and he turned me on to this record and these John Prine songs that I'd never heard and uh, told me some really fun stories and just said he was like the nicest guy and I was like was he tortured because some of these songs you know like there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes you know Jesus Christ died for nothing I suppose it's like where does that come from like who you know like yeah how do you he's like no no he's he's a pretty jolly guy it's just uh I don't know those are his stories and in He's not, he's not sad about it. Maybe he gets it out and then he just writes another. I mean, he's written so many great songs. You don't hang so on many. to anything when, when you write like that, I guess. Yeah, you don't have to really. No. Um, okay, so I've got a, a, and I don't know if you've seen this on YouTube, uh, but Casey Musgraves. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, she sits down, I forget where they were, but it's just them two on stage. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, you know, it's like, she wrote, I'm, I'm going to roll one with Burn One Down. Burn One John, Down. With yeah. John, yes. Oh, How is that song? You know that song isn't recorded anywhere? I mean, every time I want to hear I, it. I, I know. I have to go to YouTube. I know. But it's so classic. She, she should record. People would, she would sell the shit out of that song right now. Yeah, she would. Yeah. But that's not why she should do it. Of course not. But but the rest oh, of us want to hear teasing. it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I would love to hear it recorded too. I, I've loved seeing the, the tributes that like NPR has done like one to yeah. John Prine and she, she does the blow up your TV, you know, mm-hmm. a Spanish pipe dream. Um, and you know, John Paul white from the civil wars, he did, uh, there's a hole in daddy's arm world money goes that right. song. Um, so many, so many beautiful interpretations and, and you just see all these songwriters. It just, it kind of goes down the line. You're like, Oh, I love someone like John Paul white or Casey Musgraves. And yeah. you're like, well, of course they're influenced by John Prine. Like there's a pacing. Yeah. It's similar. To- yes. Yeah. yeah, totally. I totally in tune with that for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he's, I mean, he's just, I mean, I, I feel he's a legend. Um, I mean, I think anybody that actually considers themselves a songwriter. Absolutely. First and foremost. I mean, I, I love entertaining. I yeah. do. I do. I just read the, uh, the Steven Tyler autobiography. And oh, good. Yeah. Did you read the, do- uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I mean, all, all he talks about is how much, how, how much drugs and how sure. all that shit he did and stuff. And. I'm sure that was a big part. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was it was him. But anyway, um, yeah. So I, I love that that um, that Casey Musgrave song. It's just a mm, so good. Burn one down with John. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to do that? You know, I know everybody. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big weed smoker anymore, so it's you know. But still, to have that opportunity, uh, yeah, like, then I'd be an idiot though afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> just have to fake smoke. <laughs> I'm an asthmatic, so I can't I can't do any of it. Um, you can eat it. I can, and I have, and um, sticks with you longer. Mm, yeah, 
Yeah. I was like, Can- cancel Christmas, take me home kind of thing. <laughs> First time I, I did. Okay. Robert Plant. I mean, come on. You know, it's funny. I didn't listen to a lot of Zepp- Led Zeppelin growing up. Like, it's my folks didn't have it on. Yeah. So I didn't go into this record with, oh, Robert Plant, Led Zeppelin. Like, I mean, I was familiar and I knew songs, but I grew up more on Alison Krauss. Uh-huh. And well, that makes sense. Yeah. I grew up in a lot of country music. Um, I did too. And I saw them do this on like a CMT special. I heard them do the, the, this record and T-Bone Burnett produced it. And, he did. Um, uh, Jay Belarose on drums and Mark Rebo. And it was just, it was wild. It was like controlled, but there were these like moments where the sound just kind of exploded and then it pulled back in. And it was, it's, that record is tantalizing. It's like a dance. So my, this guy that, when I, very first time I went out with my friend, Roberto Espinosa. Mm-hmm. Do you know him? I don't. I don't he, think so. He's, he's the owner of Taco Deli. Oh, I love Taco Deli. Uh, who doesn't? That's a good friend to have right yeah, there. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a very dear friend of mine. Like when we, I have a, you're invited to this. Uh-huh. It got a real quick story. So we had yeah. this, this annual Taco Cup, which is a washer pitching tournament. I don't know if you saw, but there's, there's two full sets of washer pits. Over there on that side of the yard. Oh, okay. And I didn't see that. Yeah. And so I get a margarita machine. I get, I make two gallons of the chili that I won with at um, Lukenbach. And we have a, and it cash money prizes and it turns yeah, into man. an acoustic jam afterwards. Oh, fine. Um, anyway, when I was doing my first official chili cook off, um, I met this guy named Coach. And he's a harmonica player. And he loved this album. Oh, yeah. He loved it. And, when I first started listening to it, I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, started getting a little bit more rocking. And I, and, and I, I, I really appreciate what uh, T Bone Burnett did here, in picking these songs. And then he pulled off, he pulled back one that that Jimmy and um, and Robert were doing. Yeah, they had cut before or something like that, and they're just they redid it. And he played on it. Uh, Jimmy played on it as well. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool collection of songs. And when I first heard the record, I didn't know that most of them were covers. And Nick and I. Again, this is a record that was really influential in in the start of our band. And we were in a record shop in Peoria, and we were looking for that record. And he was like, well, you have to hear this Everly Brothers record because they, they do uh, Gone, Gone, Gone. And then yep. Stick With Me is maybe, is that Everly Brothers? There's another tune on there. And uh, I can't remember which one it is. And so he played us like the original, and he gave us the, the LP. And it was a really sweet moment. But that record is so... Again, so moody, so sweepy, and um, I don't know. The, the, their voices are so different in timbre and tone. Yep. And it's, it's. I mean, T-Bone, is a, he's a genius when it comes to putting projects like that together. Yeah. He's, he's a visionary. Yes. In that band, Jay Bellarose quickly became one of my favorite drummers. He played with Ray LaMontagne and the okay. Fry Dogs. Um, and Mark Rebo is incredible he's like he's like everyone's dream side man kind of like extra you know extra guy in the band that can like put the nuance on you right. know yeah no it, it's it, it was killer um I, I really enjoyed it so i know that it got, it got like five grammys it won a shit ton of grammys yeah it, won, it got like best album contemporary folk americana album mm-hmm. uh record of the year best pop collaboration for vocals best country record yeah vocals, I was so late to the game like all this had happened and I maybe I wasn't searching hard enough for music but literally I was sitting on my couch like folding laundry and, and like this record was being played on CMT and I was like 
What, what the shit is why, this? Why? Hold on, how, how did how? I not? Yeah. Yeah. And my, all my songwriter friends were like, well, yeah, of course, of course, you know? And I was like, dang, I must be living under a rock in Morris, Illinois. I mean, you kind of are, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there was, I mean, Gene Clark from The Birds has a song on it. Everly Brothers has a couple. Tom Waits, mm-hmm. Mel Tillis, Towns Van Sant. I mean, there are all these, like, killer songwriters. That and are... I was listening um, to the record recently, and I realized that Sister Rosetta song Mm-hmm. Is is a nod to Sister Rosetta Tharp, and in there, know you know, that. she says, you know, um, up above my head, which is crazy because that's another song that that we cover in our band, Sister Rosetta Tharp, up above my head. It's a gospel tune, and I didn't realize until recent that that song is a nod to Sister Rosetta, who's a gospel singer. You know, she played guitar and kind of revolutionary in those times. So I've I'm still learning things about this record. Nice. So isn't that great? Yeah, Isn't that it's just awesome. It's such a groovy record. It's produced incredibly. I mean, obviously, it's you know won that many Grammys. Yeah, I mean, got to be good. It better be good if it wins that many Grammys, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, back to um, COVID. I know we were talking about it earlier, uh-huh. and it's still going to be a topic of conversation pretty oh, much yeah. for the next. I heard that there was a study done out of Houston that was for Austin. Mm-hmm. And they said that by Halloween, ninety percent of the music clubs in Austin are going to be closed. Done. That breaks my heart. It kills me. I it, I think there's a lot of promise, though. I think there'll be new clubs that open. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But my point was is that when it first started, I was going to. So I was I was going to be. Did you ever hear about this campfire gathering? Yes, I did, and I I remember reading about it and so you were a big part of that is that yeah, something you was, set up uh, I was working with the guy a dear friend of mine was like I need somebody that can be the face of this that can yeah. do all of the you that know, lineup MCing. was insane it's incredible incredible and it got cancelled because of COVID yep and I was already taking the week off just to do campfire and then south by southwest and yeah. then everything got I was stuck at home I still I took the week off work and I said okay here I'm just gonna I'm gonna write songs two yep. songs a day this week that's awesome and you know i wrote eight but only four keepers but four keepers out of if i if i'm 50 percent, I'm, I'm happy with that oh heck yeah i was trying to go for 10 but that's yeah, that, anyway that's... so like some of these songs on the new album are, are like four of them are from this is your covid album yeah <laughs> yeah i love that it's my pandemic album pandemic uh, but no I, I you know so i mean it's it's hard it's hard to, to like really kind of get in a groove but i mean i i found my groove in waking up in the morning having a coffee here and sitting here until like noon and just trying to figure out something. The space is really isolated and I think that's exactly what you need in a cup of coffee, of yeah. course, right? In the morning, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Good yeah, for you. So, yeah, and yeah, you'll, you'll dig them. And it's, I'm excited to, to hear them. It, yeah, they're, they're good. They're good. Though. I like that. L is, what is it, love and then if not, it's over. How's that go? Take the L out of lover and it's over. Lover, ah, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Got another one called Liver in the Heart where it's like basically this guy drinks too much because his wife loves him so much or his girlfriend loves him so much and so they're always fighting. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. It's, you gotta, yeah. it's good. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Blue Tattoo is a great one. Reminds me of Ray Lotta Hubbard. Nice. Um, anyway. Okay. So now, I mean, love this. This sounds so good. Uh, I, I love doing this podcast just because just I get to hear new music and turn on to it. Um, but let's let's talk about Grace Potter. Yeah. Okay, for starters, she's hot. Super hot. 
<laughs> so sassy. Do you watch her live streams? No, you told me to, and I need to. I every need, Monday. I, every Monday. So what time? Tonight. Um, that's a good question. Oh, I'm, I'm supposed to watch Carrie's tonight. Yeah, I always watch Carrie's on Monday, too, but I always tune in the next day at work on Tuesday, and I watch Grace's later on YouTube because it's up. Okay. So just watch it on Tuesday. But yeah, Carrie's is tonight. Yeah, I told her I was going to do... I was going to... Watch it. But the great thing is, is so Grace's is always up. You can see all of her previous okay. shows on her YouTube channel. Um, it's really cool seeing her get back to her element and the element that I like her in. Kind of at a piano, singing. So this one, this album, mm -hmm. was originally done by T-Bone. He produced medicine if i if i remember correctly that was supposed to be the name of the album right and she she said because he wanted to use his guys his band she was like no this is the nocturnals and so she went the other direction with um the guy that did dave matthews record or something right yeah what's his mark name batson mark yeah if she had done a t-bone record i think it would have went a totally her oh. career would have went a such a different direction t-bone's dusty and Earthy and Americana, and I think there's an element of her. Yeah, kind of like mysterious. But I don't think she. I mean, this album was pure sex in a lot of ways. Yeah, they, they just he wouldn't have been able to and capture that is, or allow you know, it. <laughs> I mean, this is another example of because you know I go back in and I look at like some of Ruby's albums were you know Macy Gray, um, Nord Jones, Grace Potter, but um, you know I when you when you come down to it, she's a songwriter. Yeah, and so I have immediately if if somebody is writing their own music, I have more appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. um, call me a snob, but that's just the way it is. No, I, f I feel the same way. You know, I think she she's so good she could she could sing the phone book. You know, she's <laughs> one of those singers. But I feel like this was this was a record where she departed a little bit from her bluesy rootsy stuff. Okay. And the records after this, I don't love. I mean, I've listened to them. Because I love I love her, her sound, um, and seeing the Nocturnals, I forget. I saw them at Martyrs in Chicago, which is a really tiny club. I mean, our band played there all the time. Right. And it was her, Catherine Popper, Benny Yurko, Scott Tournay, her husband at the time, Matt, mm -hmm. um, on drums. And I still have like photos in a Facebook album, and she's just like in a little mini skirt dress, whatever. And I'm front row, just like. Holy shit. Love you, love you. This, I was, yeah, I looked at that and I went, I can do that. I want a band like that. And when I met Nick, I was right. like, hey, you heard of Grace Potter and the Nocturnals? What do you think of something like that? And he was like, fuck yeah, man. There you go. And we, you know, we covered a handful of songs. But um, the songs that I like on that record are like One Short Night, Low mm -hmm. Road, Things I Never Needed. Yeah. yeah cheating songs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those sad songs always get me too. Um you know, but I'm uh, Paris on there is. Oh, Paris like, is like, great. That's like the the single. You know. Yeah. That's the one that everybody's gonna love. Yeah, I think Medicine was my first favorite to start. Okay. I think she wrote that about Stevie Nicks, or like some kind of image of of that. Hmm. That okay. kind of silhouette. I remember her talking about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I played uh, that on repeat a lot. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, when I, I mean, when I pick my five albums, you know, I have the same the same dilemma or not dilemma, but the same kind of reasoning as you do. You know, there's a time when you listen to this. I, I was painting my house, mm -hmm. a, a rental house. My wife and I we rented a house, and she's like, "I want to paint it." So I talked to the landlord. She's like, "Okay, yes, you can paint the inside house." I said, "Okay," and so I was going over there every day, 
and painting the house. Mm-hmm. And it was very monotonous and I really enjoyed it because I only had one CD with me and it was Jet Get Born. Oh, okay. And I I I'm a rock and roller, yeah. you know, and so this is I mean I I believe that they're the the quintessential rock band. At least that album was. I need to listen to this. I mean, it's I'm familiar. It's a killer album. It's yeah. So, it's, it's, it's so good. Um, it's one of those ones that I don't, you know, you know, a lot of albums, you know, you can, you can say, you know, this album meant a lot to me at this time or whatnot, but yeah. maybe not every song is just epic. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, every song on that album is rock in your face. It's got influence of the Beatles, Oasis, Stones, ACDC. It's got it all. Dang. So that that's just my personal opinion. Okay, but I gotta check this out. It's, it's a great album. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I digress. Um, yeah. So Grace Potter. I mean, she's 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 just so good. She's so good and so yeah. Sexy. She's she's sex on legs. Like oh yeah, like mm-hmm. legs. Yeah. She um, and even now, like after having a kid, and she's she still has that, you know, that. Uh, that kind of energy to her. It's just kind of ingrained. Um, I'm glad she's getting back to to songs and songwriting. Yep. You know? I miss the Nocturnals. There was an energy, a synergy to that to that band. Um, I think I wanted that more so in my band than any of those kind of right. sounds because I, I, I don't necessarily sing like her, write songs like her, but... Um, it's hard. That it's, energy is... It's hard to get a group of people together that, that can gel and consistently want to play together and... Communicate. Yeah, communicate. Like, and how do you tell someone you don't like what they're playing without hurting their feelings and like giving them creative you know, expression and how long do you let that leash go? And Yeah, I mean, luckily, I'm not a, a fabulous guitarist. Um, You're my, pretty damn good. My, my weakness is that I'm a songwriter and so I always, whenever I... I take a guitar lesson from Rosie, and and I would come home and I go, oh, whoa, 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 this is a song, this is a song, and I immediately <laughs> stop practicing and go try to write that song, and I spend sure. the whole rest of the night doing it. Yeah, um, you know, so it's you know, but I, I've surrounded myself by, with two really good guitarists. Oh yeah, and my bassist is. You been smoking? Uh, we have a good time. Yeah, we have a really good time. Yeah, and um, when we play here, it's like, and we're we're trying to practice as much as we can because we're going to the studio and and over Labor Day weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. So trying to shoot for a release in a couple single releases in uh, January, February, and then, mm-hmm. you know, full album release right over South By. Hopefully South By will happen this year. That's exactly what we tried to, to do. We tried to release before South By and then uh, released after, and then everything got canceled. Our show, you know, very yeah. anticlimactic. Well. just It just goes well, to show you, like, yeah, you write some songs and keep writing more. Like, yeah, come I mean, on. Well, why not? Why not? Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this. So, tell me about this album. Ain't No Place to Be. So, Ain't No Place to Be is the first song that we cut. And it's the first, it's the first song I wanted to record um, because we hadn't played it live. It was fresh. And yeah, we almost cut it. And it was, it was the first song that we cut. And it went so well. And there was nice. this great groove we flew in our original drummer who played with us who put the band together with us basically in chicago and the three of us kind of completed our mission that we started a long time ago because nice. we left chicago there was like a you know it was like a, a breakup and in, in a lot of ways you know mm-hmm. when you're a band you're your family um so it was really sweet to do this together and we recorded with nick jay at uh, century recording sound dripping okay. springs in that that house of his so it felt very cozy and um 
you know, most of these songs were written a long time ago. Okay. And Nick and I just hadn't found uh, the right time. You know, there's a lot of things, a lot of life things happening, and it was really hard yeah. to kind of focus on uh, something cohesive like this. So the timing was was good. Um, but it was really cool to, I don't do a lot of recording, yeah. you know, and so to listen to myself in cans and like really... Yeah. Get used to the way that I sound and, and try to manipulate some things. Um, I had the fucking full on flu when we cut. Oh no! Uh, I was I I had like I had booked a shit ton of gigs right before this, mm-hmm. and um, and my my voice was was feeling pretty. Like, yeah. All right. You know. And then I got um, um, I came back to record. Uh, I'll bring the wine. Why can't you love me? It's a song that that Nick and I wrote, sort of um. The, uh, what is this? That is a Shure MV88 condenser microphone. It plugs directly into your iPhone, and it has an app on your phone, and you can dial down the gain. Uh-huh. So we can be really loud in here, and it still sounds okay. That's crazy. Front. It's awesome. It's great. And then I just convert it down, rename it, send it out to everybody, and they can hear everything. They can practice their parts. It's Wow. I need to get one of those. Like 150 bucks. That's awesome. It's, I'm telling you. See, see, now we're turning each other on the microphones. Well, <laughs> when you go into the studio and you get to sing on, like Nick J, he's got that Neve console, right? We're, and we're doing it at the Zone. The Zone. In, in Dripping Springs. Oh, so you're in Dripping Springs too? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you find really cool mics and you can, the thing about the studio that I loved is, and that I hadn't really done before is like manipulating sounds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went in really vulnerable, you know. So I had like I went in to record this uh, this song and I had the full on flu and I was like shaking and I was cold and I was hot and, and my throat was raw and I broke down crying. Like mm-hmm. it was the last song that we tracked, you know, and there's something about that sense of vulnerability and then being so intimately. Did you keep those vocals? Oh yeah. 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 No, we, we, that, that was the take was awesome. The day that I was just feeling like and shit. A great story behind that, right? Yeah. I mean, for a song like that, like, you know, and you can Which hear, uh, I'll, I'll bring the wine. Why can't you love me? Okay. Um, yeah, you're just kind of pleading, you know, like, yeah, so it's, uh, well, yeah, I can't, I'm, I can't I'm, wait to listen to this. This is gonna be great. Yeah. Um, okay. We so, pressed it. L- yeah, of course. And on vinyl. Thank you. Yeah. I think everybody should. It's just so expensive. How, ma- how many do you guys press? 500. Uh huh. I know. How much was it? Oh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm actually going to ask you about that, uh, later when we go to press. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, we've talked about these five albums. Yes. They seem like they're pretty important to you. They are. Where are you taking them? I, I'm going to take them to the, to the edge of the world. Right. So I, I see life as we know it below me, kind of beautifully exploding in flames and there's water and I'm kind of at like the edge of this cliff and I'm, but I have cans on, I'm, I'm in headphones. I want to hear these songs really, really isolated and I'm the last one on earth. And these are the songs. Is this a flat earth or a regular round earth? This is round earth. Yeah. Not a flat earther. Um, They they actually really believe that too. Oh, I know there's documentaries. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I kind of see, I kind of see this like dusty scenario um, and there's not a whole lot to be inspired by at this point and all I have is the music. 
Love it. Love it. See that? I love these answers. These are great. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really thought about that until we started talking. Well, good. I See, I, if, I that, didn't, if that just came up spontaneously, that's brilliant. I, I didn't have any preconceived or like, uh, like, oh, this is, you know. I think I, I like how fluid this feels. <laughs> I was really nervous at the start. No, man. I'm telling you. I was like, you, I had butterflies. I was like, is he going to quiz like, me? No, I'm not I feel like quiz. it was a test. We're, we're just talking here. We're talking about your records and why they mean so much to you. It's so nice. It's it's fun. Yeah. Right? All right. Where, where do people find you online? Thereverentfew.com. What about Insta? Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, YouTube. All, all of them have the hashtag. All of them. I mean, the, the, the handle. The Reverent, reverent few, few, all ease. Reverent few, reverent few, all ease. Yep. She says, and we do a Facebook live every Sunday, every Sunday at three p.m. Central Standard Time, and we we've been doing these, you know, at our house at a place we're house sitting. We took it to Dallas uh, for Mother's them. Day. We went to up to Illinois to see my dad. So I always tell people like, if you if you want to host us. And like, you know, maybe another friend or two and do it at like on your front porch or whatever. Like we're totally I'm down. down. I'm down doing it right here out here. Yeah. It's uh it's been really fun. And Nick and I have I think the reason I picked some of these records too is that at the start of really getting a handle on my own musical identity and career and sounds that I discovered myself, not people handing me records, this is what you need to listen to. Right. But Finding music on my own was such a cool venture, and these yeah. records were—I um, found them on my own, and they discovered—I discovered more great artists through that, and uh, they were really influential in the start of the the band, the Reverend Few, um, which started out as the Page DeChaussey band back in Chicago. Um, and these these songs and and sounds really kind of shaped uh, the things I wanted to make. Very cool, you know. I mean, that's that's such a great story. It really is. It's just yeah. like, you know, you're taking all these. I mean, I, I get severely influenced by one band, you know. Sure. That's just that's just me because I, I got turned on to music late in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. It wasn't until college until I really started. I actually was like, well, what, what am I doing here at this frat house? Sure. I could be smoking weed down at Black Hat, drinking dollar paps blue ribbons tall boys and eating free See, hot dogs it's never too Smoking late weed. it's like when people go like oh i don't play guitar and you know i'm 30 something and it's like bill withers didn't didn't he, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't start, start till no. like 30s yeah music is always there it's, it's, it is there's no timeline i mean as long as you're you're up for the challenge and and you and you don't have a set of expectations that are unrealistic yeah you know i mean i still love a lot of other music you know i grew of up course. my my jukebox my, my neither of my parents were musically inclined at all oh, okay um you know they liked all the standard country stuff mm-hmm. um of the day They're are you from of, texas yeah i grew up in houston oh, okay didn't know that yeah, learn something every day mm-hmm. don't you yeah you all do right. <laughs> uh what else you got to say talk um, to me here um oh, what am i i don't know you do the live stream anything else you guys are doing right now for for kicks or fun or promotion you know Go out and buy this record. Where can they buy this record? Oh, you can buy that record on our website. You can you can buy it. Um, that would be thereverentfew.com. Thereverentfew.com. Or if you go to our Facebook, All ease. our Facebook page, or if you visit our Instagram later tonight, I'll have that shop set up on Instagram. But so now you can set your shop up on Facebook. So if you just go to my Facebook, The Reverent Few, um, you can see all the items. You can just click and you can purchase them. And we've been shipping all kinds of stuff. You know, we did a Kickstarter to kind of help us out with this record. Yeah. Thankfully, we, we launched it before the pandemic. Yeah, um, joke, right? 
gosh, what a feat trying to get all that stuff out and like keeping it organized. And ooh, you got to love spreadsheets and stuff. I'm pretty good with spreadsheets. And uh, the, the lady at the post office has become a dear friend of mine because <laughs> I see her just about every day. But yeah, if you go on the website, you can get the vinyl, get CDs, stickers, koozies, t-shirts. Who do you guys use for your website? Who do we use? Spacecraft, Spacecraft. I believe. Spacecraft, okay. I yeah. Remember them. And then we use Equid for our store, which I really like. Okay. And then, you know, when we pressed the vinyl, we went local. Um, we did Gold Rush vinyl, and they're awesome. Okay. Highly recommend them. Okay. Woman cool. owned. Yep. Woman power. Woman power. All right. Well, hey, Paige, I had a blast. This is super fun. Today. It's so good to see you. I know, right? And, it's weird and so to I see. I like to put you right there so you get to look at Mick and Keith and my guitars and I was, my amps. I was so inspired by that the whole time. I just kept hearing no That's expectations. That's exactly why I make you sit there. I love it. Where did you find that? Uh, online. No way. Yeah, I found it online. It's it, it's so grainy because I couldn't get a good high definition picture of it. I love it. It's exactly what it needs. I love the the marble cigarettes too. See, I thought that was a gun. The cigarettes? Right there. Oh no, right here. Oh. That's another pack of cigarettes. Oh, that looks like an ashtray, but maybe it is a gun. I mean, it wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And then you got over here. That's what I love about pictures, you know, because There's a knife right there. When you th- when you when you dig through like old photos and stuff you know people always go like oh you know the house isn't cleaned up just don't take a picture yet but it's all that the, the details right yeah, yeah, the devil's yeah. in the details i always. love that so thanks for letting yeah. me sit here and chit chat with you about records today hey man i'm, I'm gonna have a fun time with it always yeah. it's so much fun Super all right fun. well until next time till next time all right adios adios so that was Paige. she does a live stream every sunday at 3 p.m central Nobody's playing out right now, so you can always check her out there. Uh, if you want to check the Reverend Few out on uh, social or the web, there's a V in front of everything. And as Paige says, it's all E's. So it's www.thereverentfew.com. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, they're all The Reverend Few. All E's. Uh, if you've got the gumption, head over to thebiggunshow.com. That's The Big Gun Show, just like The Reverend Few. Check out what my band is up to these days. You can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube with the handle of The Big Gun Show Band. That's the and band on the end. <clears throat> our most consistent gig when we're not locked down in COVID is our monthly residency at the Little Longhorn Saloon here in Austin, Texas. Home of Chicken Ship Bingo, we play the happy hour of the first Friday of every month. Now, bring Grandma. She'll have a blast. I'll be back in two weeks, and then every other week after that, close your eyes. Back on that desert island again. What five records do you have? <laughs>